Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. I'm Richard Roper. The 90s are back with a vengeance, but did they ever go away? In some ways, no. In some ways, though, it feels like it was a million years ago that mm. uh, they were uh, doing the Macarena at the Democratic <laughs> National Convention. And Nancy Kerrigan was saying, why? After she was slugged in the leg. And then there was a whole thing with the Menendez brothers and then John Wayne Bob. It felt like there was a, a tabloid-ready scandal every other month back in the 90s. As we were covering those things in the 1990s, I thought, well, what could possibly top this? Yeah. <laughs> and then I see a picture of O.J. Simpson being handcuffed in front of one of his posh trees in his posh home yeah. in California. It was a crazy moment. We'll talk about a series about the impeachment of Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. which is getting great reviews, but it's also creating a lot of controversy. And some of it you won't believe when we <laughs> tell you. But first, let me tell you about... AmericanEagle.com, our fine sponsors. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing that drives your overall business success. Because they believe today's online world is your opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. My last stop was the council's office. We touched everything at a very high level. I was the last person to see Vince Foster alive. Oh, wow. Before that, during Bush, I was on a desk right outside the Oval. Why was I sent to the council's office? Well, back in 93, I was very trim. I have reason to believe that Hillary didn't want me near the president, if you know what I mean. Of course, nothing was worse than the day I was sent here, stabbed in the back by a fair-weather friend. I won't say more. <laughs> Sounds awful. It was. It was. Loyalty is very important to me. That's Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp from Impeachment, an American Crime Story. American Crime Story, uh, the series that a few years ago did the O.J. Simpson. Remember, the people versus O.J. Simpson. And again, Roe, you had a, a show that was devoted to covering developments in the O.J. Simpson story. I was out there for a while writing about it, wrote tons of columns about it. Everybody talked about the O.J. Simpson case. It's still, when we talk about the most infamous murder cases in American history, unfortunately, there are dozens. But O.J. Simpson was the most famous person who was already famous when he was charged with his crimes. A lot of right. other killers, unfortunately, became notorious because of their crimes. They became world famous in horrible ways, whether we're talking about Manson or, or Bundy or John Wayne Gacy. But in the case of O.J. Simpson, he was a major, major celebrity, huge football star, then a TV and a movie career, so shocking stuff. The miniseries was pretty incredible. Uh, and, you know, you always have with these American uh, crime stories combination of serious drama and then it's a little bit almost borderline camp and lurid mm -hmm. with some of the casting i mean we love cuba gooding jr we've had some interesting encounters with him <laughs> over the years mostly good uh you know he he was he gave it his all he gave his all as oj he's about a foot shorter yeah you know he, yeah you know, he's played a football player before he was rod tidwell of course the uh, cardinals wide receiver and jerry mcguire and then you had uh, John Travolta as uh, Robert Shapiro, mm -hmm. right? And he had a lot a of stretch. makeup on. Yeah. And uh, Nathan Lane as F. Lee Bailey, oh. Marine-turned-macho <laughs> attorney, and David Schwimmer as uh, uh, Robert Kardashian. But the most amazing performance, I thought, in that series row was Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark. Uh, much vilified. And I think she really, you know, in real life, because, you know, a lot of people feel, feel like she and Christopher Darden in particular blew that case. Attorneys were going to be able to sway that jury is another podcast for us. But 
I think she really humanized her. She put a face on Marsha Clark. We saw the, the struggle she was dealing with, the sexism in the media, the coverage of that. She won the Emmy. Now Sarah Paulson is playing Linda Tripp. And maybe you could tell the folks, some of the younger folks out there, <laughs> a, a little bit about who Linda Tripp was, is. Wow. It, it, okay, so you go from the O.J. Simpson case and think, well, what could possibly happen next? Right. <laughs> and here you have Bill Clinton and the intern in the office. And, of course, he's denying the whole thing. It did nothing that could have happened. I did not have sex with that woman and all the things that he said over those years. And then eventually he had to come clean. He had to stand there in front of the American public and go, I am so sorry for what I just did. Oh, you know, it's like, oh, come on. And, it, it, by the way, that has reverberated in American politics since it happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that Donald Trump would have become president of the United States if it weren't for Bill Clinton getting oral satisfaction in the Oval Office. Well, and one of the things the, the limited series does a great job of laying out is how this case came to be. Because, of course, he was not impeached for his tryst with young Monica Lewinsky, a former right. intern turned uh, White House employee. It was about lying, right, under yes. oath. And that was all brought about because Paula Jones who had, you know, some people said she had an affair with Bill Clinton. She always maintained that while he was governor of Arkansas, he called her up to a hotel room. She was working at, in Arkansas and that she rebuffed his advances. But then she was named in a story about Clinton's history, his, you know, serial affairs, and decided she would sue to get her good name back. And then it was during the course of that investigation that Bill Clinton was asked about other possible affairs. And then all of a sudden, Jennifer Flowers comes forward and Kathleen Willey and all these other women... So Linda Tripp is working in the White House, right? And she, she had had several different jobs in government, and she had this propensity for elevating her status and name-dropping uh, and making it seem as if she were more important than she was. She worked for Vince Foster, who committed suicide, who was a good friend of Hillary Clinton's, and then kind of got like a secondary job in the Pentagon. So she was very you know, seething with resentment, hated the Clintons, and then she befriends Monica Lewinsky, who's played by Beanie Feldstein. If people remember Book Smart, she yeah, was wonderful in that. We used to refer to her as Jonah Hill's sister, but pretty soon uh, Jonah's going to be Beanie's brother, and he'd be the first to say that. She's a wonderful actress. She plays Monica Lewinsky, who had been working in the White House and now is in the Pentagon. It's sort of a nowhere job, and she starts confiding in Linda Tripp, saying she's having an affair with somebody high up in the White House. Cut to Clive Owen. As Bill Clinton, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It, again, fascinating casting, but it works because I think the casting for these series, for American Crime Story and some of these others that deal with, with real live things, you get used to it. Especially yeah. in, a, in a limited series where, you know, you've got a bunch of episodes to get through. you got 10 hours of this or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, you know, with Bill Clinton, we're talking about one of the most famous people in the history of the planet. So, and Clive Owen, I thought that makeup made him look a little more like Bill Maher than Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and he's a great actor, but he really captured both uh, the charisma mm -hmm. and the oiliness of Bill Clinton and the way he would respond to to young women and kind of have them ushered in. And then there are a lot of, you know, kind of peripheral players that they don't really need to look like the people they're playing, but it's kind of fun that they do or they're doing imitations. Because, For example, Billy Eichner, the great comedian, Billy on the street, he plays Matt Drudge, 
who was one of the first internet sleuths who was, you know, the guy yeah. that would break things in the Drudge Report. But that made Matt Drudge. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, there's no physical resemblance there. Billy's about a foot taller than Matt, but he's got the whole trench coat, you know, hat, <laughs> Edward R. Murrow thing going. Yeah. And then uh, Colby Smulders from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does an amazing takedown of Ann Coulter. That weird voice and everything, yes, you know. And yeah. there's even a moment. There's a very small scene that really has nothing to do with anything. And a couple of characters in the bar, and someone goes, "Oh, that's the young reporter, Jake Tapper." Hello, Jake. You know, and he gets like two <laughs> lines. The guy playing Jake Tapper. So it's kind of a who's who. I would have liked Ro if they had put up like identifying graphics every time we see Vernon Jordan, or you know, some of these are you know Monica's mother, who's played by Mira Sorvino. But the heart of it is all about the friendship between... It's really told from the point of view of Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky. Clinton's a supporting player in this. And again, you talked about this at length before, too. This scandal had broke in the mid-2010s. Bill Clinton would not have survived. He might not... The impeachment might not have gone through, but I think, you know, the the idea that he would have done this in the, you know, in the era of Harvey Weinstein and, and all of the other Me Too things. I don't know if he would have survived. If he, I think his own party might have been calling for him to resign. Well, I mean, isn't he the example that has been pointed to through the whole Me Too movement of, well, Bill Clinton did it and nobody cared about it back then. I mean, there were a lot of people who were trying to defend the Harvey Weinsteins yeah. of the world and they go, well, this has always or been going Trump, on. Or Donald Trump when the allegations were made about him. And of course, Trump, say what you want about him and yeah, it's a dirty trick, but when he trotted out a bunch of the women, several of the women who had accused Bill Clinton of harassing them when he was running against Hillary Clinton, yeah, it was horrible, but you know Hillary was also saying to Bill that night, thanks a lot, we're never getting past this 25 <laughs> years later. <laughs> you know. that is, that is, uh, that's, that's undoubtedly true. Uh, and what, weren't the Clintons at one of his weddings? I mean, he's been married a few times. But uh, I, yes, they definitely were. I think I think to uh, Ivana, I believe uh, they were at that. And, or, uh, yeah, no, oh, no, the one after Ivana. Uh, uh, you know, uh, her. Marla Maples. Yes, Marla Maples. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, they were, you know, they rich donors and politicians go hand in hand. They yeah. don't really care about you know personal lives. But what I, I did appreciate about this show is, listen, you know, Monica Lewinsky was was a, was an adult. She was very young, but she was an adult. Right. You know, and she could she could speak for herself and act for herself. But she was such the butt of jokes in the '90s on the late night monologues, in the magazines, in the books, on the radio shows. And this is a more sympathetic portrayal. She's actually an executive producer on this show. So she participated in that. So you're seeing from her point of view, imagine being 21, 22, 23 years old. She goes to meet her friend Linda Tripp at the mall. And all of a sudden, all these FBI agents swoop in, take her up to a hotel room and tell her, you better come clean or you're going to jail for 25 years. And that's the moment she found out that Linda Tripp had been recording their conversations and had betrayed her. And Sarah Paulson is Linda Tripp. I mean, oh my God. I mean, this woman who's just, you know, she's the type of person, if she was in the cubicle next to you at any kind of working place, you would call in sick to work every day or yeah. request a transfer because she never stops complaining about you on the phone while she's on the phone. She's always got some sort of inside gossip. She's always name dropping. She's always telling everybody how important she is and she's not. And this is how she made herself important. And I think... It's not an unsympathetic portrayal, but it's it's a portrayal of a very sad person who thought that by recording these conversations with Monica Lewinsky, by going to the authorities, by leaking things to Drudge and Newsweek and, and, and book agents or whatever, that she was going to become a heroine of the moment and of the movement to bring down the Clintons. And it turned out that both sides wanted nothing to do with her eventually. Right. 
And she had a very sad end to her life, mm -hmm. passing away from cancer. And, and there's always a, a punchline. But I think one of the most interesting controversies about this entire television series mm. is the fact that Sarah Paulson, who's a, a very thin actress, mm -hmm. puts on a fat suit to play Linda Tripp. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned Monica Lewinsky, who was slightly overweight back then, and there was a lot of fat shaming for her. And it's one of those people that if you saw them in, in person, you'd go, well, I, I, why? This, the, the, the camera adds 10 pounds or whatever they say. She looks like a, yeah, a very uh, average uh, young American yeah, woman. Yeah, right. for sure. And, and, that's, and so right now, the great controversy hmm. is, is that Sarah Paulson shouldn't have had that role because she's not heavy enough to have that role. That should have gone to a Zoftig actress. Yeah, there are organizations that have said that. Even Sarah Paulson has said that she's kind of reconsidering that, you know, what she did to her prosthetics as well, and that, you know, maybe she shouldn't have taken the role. You know, I understand the sensitivities here, but this goes back to the idea that we've got certain movements that say only someone who is mentally challenge should play somebody who's mentally challenged and is facing roles and only somebody who's physically disabled you know brian cranston had a role a couple of years ago where he was in a wheelchair and a mm -hmm. lot of people were saying he took a role that should have gone to somebody who is you know challenged in that respect only someone who is trans should play trans only someone who is gay should play gay there's some validity to that but then there's also the fact that we're talking about acting and you know the truth is yes there are overweight if you will uh, heavier actors who could have played the role. You're also dealing with a business where we're talking about an Emmy award-winning actress who's famous for already playing another real-life 90s figure. And when budget concerns are brought in too, there's like, who's going to play Linda Tripp? Well, we found this wonderful actress who's been, you know, played a few minor roles. She's perfect for it. Oh. Well, wait a minute. How about Sarah Paulson? No, now we're talking. I mean, that's just the reality of the business too. Yeah. You well, know? and the, Ryan Murphy, who puts yeah. these casts yes. together, yeah. and he uses the same actors and actresses in a lot of these, yes. right? It's like a theater company. It's like Steppenwolf in Chicago mm -hmm. or some of the other great yeah. Yeah. Uh, theater companies from around the world. Where It's the same people doing it over and over and over again. There's a whole style to that. So that's what this is about, and she's the star of this, and Sarah Paulson's always sort of the centerpiece, and especially now because the People versus O.J. Simpson and the rest of her great body of work now – that's exactly the right person to have. And you know what kind of bothered me about this whole thing, though, was Sarah Paulson apologizing for being talented enough to pull this off because you can't take your eyes off it. Mm -hmm. I didn't even mm -hmm. notice it after the first opening credit that it was her. I just fall right into it. And I'm, I think I'm watching Linda Tripp. That's yeah. the sign of a great actress. So she's done something really remarkable with this role. And now she's feeling bad about it. I We've gotten to a point where we become so afraid to be seen as special there's people in the culture who are just afraid to be seen as special because it's going to offend somebody else who doesn't feel as special as they are well screw them the reality is if you are great at something you should be admired for being great at something and she is a great actress and it's okay that she's great there are people who are great at other things you can admire greatness and not hurt society by doing so it's so ridiculous yeah. 
Well, and also, I mean, we have seen so much progress in this area. I think one of the cool things is a lot of times now historical dramas and reworkings of famous stories now feature colorblind casting. I mean, the most famous example would be Hamilton. And Hamilton was amazing. And Lin-Manuel Miranda introduced a whole new way of, of looking at that story with, uh, with a, a cast filled with black actors and Latina actors and Latino actors. And it was amazing. Uh, we just had a Cinderella with Camila Cabello, which I, I loved. A lot of people are ripping on it. I thought it was great. She was fun, and they're you know they're singing all these pop songs during Cinderella. Uh, we've had uh, Dev Patel and the personal history of David Copperfield. We've Bridgerton, had, you know, Bridgerton, and all these shows. And you know, I, there are listen. There are some people out there. There are the same kind of people that say, "Well, Santa Claus is white," and you're like, "You're an idiot." Santa Claus <laughs> was created by who? Coca Cola or whoever the hell it was. So, and these same people are like, "Well, that's not historically accurate." Mark Twain looked like this. Like, yeah. Screw you. You know, I know. I, so I think we've got much more positive on this. There's a big difference between, you know, when John Goodman played Linda Tripp in a fat suit on Saturday Night Live, it was vicious. And I think John Goodman would be the first to tell you that it was maybe a little rough, you know. And listen, there's a long tradition of actors in drag. You know, John Belushi played Elizabeth Taylor choking on fried chicken, you know. And it's, it's freaking hilarious. And it's pretty goddamn insensitive as well. But there's a big difference between that. And Sarah Paulson disappearing into a character in the same way that thousands of actors have done for dozens of years, and that is there's prosthetics, sometimes there's a, a fat suit, sometimes there's a, a weight loss by the real person, right. all different sorts of changes that help you become the character. And anyway, I think overall, it's definitely worth watching whether you live through that circus yeah. or it's ancient history to you or it's something that happened before you were born. I think you'll find it really entertaining. Yeah, it, it is very entertaining. And, and like you said, this particular style of Ryan Murphy's productions it, you're never quite sure when to take it seriously because mm. it doesn't really take itself all that seriously. Even the O.J. Simpson thing was, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a murder in that case. I mean, this is the crazy thing about the Bill Clinton story. The Bill Clinton story is ridiculous. At the end of the day, think about what that was all about. It almost brought down not just a presidency, but it changed American culture and history forever. Mm. And what was it? It was him hitting on one of the young girls in his office, right? And it was just, it was that moment. And then we became, we, it was one of the last events prior to social media because social media was yeah. just, just the beginning of the emerge. internet and flip phones and fax machines and all that. Right. right. AOL and all the rest of that stuff was starting and instant messengers and, and yeah. messenger and all that. And so there was a moment where America was all watching the same thing simultaneously. There was O.J. Simpson, and then there was the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Yeah. And then after that, then came September 11th. And that probably was the last time America agreed on one thing mm. for at least two weeks. Yeah, probably true. And, you know, it's having just gone through that anniversary and thinking about it 20 years ago. I mean, the, the 21st century is a very, very, very different century than the 20th century was That's for sure. in terms of uh, how we view ourselves as Americans and how we get along as Americans. And it's all driven by social media insanity. But if you want to go back and look at a, a, a simpler time, I suppose it was. I mean, it certainly didn't seem simple to us. No. But it was a simpler time and and there was at least things that could be agreed upon you could agree and i think pretty much everybody in america agreed bill clinton should not have been fishing off the company pier Jeez. with a 21 or 22 year old intern right that i think we all kind of knew that mm -hmm. right everybody got it 
And it was just another one of those moments for long-suffering Hillary. But then the way Hillary turned on, it was part of a vast right-wing conspiracy, as you'll recall. And there were all these things that she said. I'm not standing by my man like uh, Tammy Wynette. You know, like some helpless woman, the 60 Minutes interview, all that kind of... It was was crazy stuff. Yep, sure was. All right, it's time for me to tell you about Portillo's, Richard Roper. Okay. Portillo's, known for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest and tastiest ingredients, right down to the poppy seed bun that is always so soft. But the secret to Portillo's is the legendary chocolate cake. The menu, of course, bursts with all kinds of amazing things. You've got salads, charbroiled burgers, Italian beef sandwiches, cheese fries, chop salads. But I go back to the cake. Because the cake, you can order a whole cake. You can order slices of cake. You can bring it home. People actually do wedding cakes out of their cake. Oh, yeah. You can get the cake shake, in which they take a slice of the cake and they smush it into <laughs> a, a cup with, with ice cream. And they put it through the shake machine. And wow. oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't, It's something about the frosting on the Portillo's chocolate cake that is just, it, it, whatever's in it. We want more of it. That's for sure. So Portillo's is available to you nationwide at Portillo's.com. If you live in the Midwest, Florida, California, or Arizona, you can drive to Portillo's. I suggest you do it, and you get the cake immediately. Portillo's.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. So I was talking to Keila, and I was just wondering, like, what the chances were of me coming back to play for your Richmond. I don't know, Jamie. Burn a lot of bridges over there. Look, coach, I need Richmond. And Richmond needs you. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Uh, actually, mate, um, do you be a darling and ask those lads at the end of the bar to stop staring at me, please? Oi, you three. Oh, yeah, of course, so mate. Wow, all people are so wise. That, of course, is a clip from Ted Lasso, which has now been nominated by the Emmy people. 1.7 million times, <laughs> and it's only been on the air for one season of eligibility for the Emmys. That's correct. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting with the Emmys. The Emmys are this Sunday, the primetime Emmys, but they've already had uh, the Creative Arts Emmys, Ro, and these are not televised, um, but there are a lot of you know big names and shows that get awards in categories that are, I don't want to say the lesser categories, but they are like you know, supporting actor in a guest starring role or technical category. So even though the Emmys are a week away, almost a week away, the Queen's Gambit already has nine wins. They have nine Emmys, including, uh, for example, casting for a limited anthology series or movie. The Mandalorian and Saturday Night Live each have seven Emmys already. And as you mentioned, Ted Lasso has got some Emmys. RuPaul has another Emmy. And these are all in categories that won't be on the big time show. But I think it's kind of neat. First of all, there's a lot of Emmys out there. But there are also, and people who win in the big acting categories, whether it's the Emmys or the Oscars or the SAG, they always talk up. Notice I didn't mention the Golden Globes because they're <laughs> they're in a coma right now. And I don't know if we're ever going to see them again. Oh, yeah, they flatlined. But the actors almost always mention the crew, the production crew. And, of course, they can't name everyone. There's not enough time. But the truth is, as as you well know, you know, there are a couple hundred people working on these shows. And, you know, when you're seeing the really cool sets, as you mentioned, on Bridgerton or the incredible special effects in The Mandalorian 
or even the neat uh, costumes in Ted Lasso where they create an entire soccer football club and give them home and away uh, uniforms and kits and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's so much expertise. We just talked about the makeup in yeah. in the American Crime Story. So it's kind of neat that they're, they're giving out all these Emmys in advance. Those technicians, those makeup artists, those wardrobe people, those guest stars on shows... Uh, they all deserve Emmys, and they get to put an Emmy on their shelf. And it's just yeah. it's just as big as the other Emmys as, like, the best actor, yes. you know, that Mary Tyler Moore would get back in the day, you know? That's absolutely true. It's actually better. It's heavier now than it was. <laughs> you know, we we are eligible in the di- different regions for local Emmys. It's the yes. same, same organization, but they just do it for local television or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Now local internet folks can get, can yeah, get Emmys. It's kind of yeah. interesting They call them, stuff. I think, in our region, it's the Chicago Midwest Emmy. So, like, right. we're up against uh, Detroit, Minneapolis, Milwaukee. Exactly. So it's pretty stiff competition in the it, news categories and features and stuff. Yeah. It is, but the but the real Emmy, I think, is bigger. And that's the one thing I thought, what would it be like? So I had the great occasion mm. to be out in uh, L.A. at a, a friend of mine's house, and he has an Emmy. And I said, can I just see how heavy that is? <laughs> and it's heavy as hell. I mean, it is, uh, it's, it, yeah. you could do curls. And yeah, I, it's I heavier can than see the what's Oscar, going on. Although I think the SAG might be the heaviest of all because it's made of like Italian marble and stone or something. <laughs> I have, uh, the one, the first Emmy I got was so long ago that it looks like it was made from Legos. It's yeah. very light. It's about four inches high. And yeah. then later on, they did kind of, they dressed him up a little bit. But congratulations to um, all the winners. Bo Burnham, has he won for a couple of Emmys for the, he did a whole Netflix special from like a little recording studio in his home. That's pretty fascinating stuff. Uh, Drag Race, which is the RuPaul show. That wins every year. He's got a lot of Emmys, that RuPaul. And good for him. Uh, Maya Rudolph won for guest hosting Saturday, oh no, guest acting on Saturday Night Live. She didn't guest host, but she played a number of characters. Dave Chappelle won for hosting his episode. Is there just a Saturday Night Live category? What do you get? Guest acting in a regular series? I mean, yeah, well, I I guess if you had a recurring guest star, you know, like back in the day, Tom Selleck on Friends or something, he'd be eligible. So if someone has a recurring role. So (laughs) one of the things about Saturday Night Live that they've done a lot in recent years, as you know, is they bring back all these big stars and alums to play major characters or even former hosts like Alec Baldwin. And they have such a talented cast, it's kind of a double edged sword because it's like, okay, it's no, Maya Rudolph's going to have a role. Amy Poehler shows up, Tina Fey. Uh, Alec Baldwin is Trump, and then like, what about the regular cast members? Because like in the seventies, John Belushi and Bill Murray and Gilda Radner didn't have to worry about Jack Lemmon showing up and stealing <laughs> a part from them. You know? Let's go through. You want to go through some of the right, uh, big do, nominations, Ro? Yeah, let's do okay. the best comedy series. All right. Okay. This is this is going to be highly contested. Okay. You got Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Hacks. Now it's. Ten fifteen is the way, but it's penis, right? Isn't that that's what it's supposed to mean? You. Yes, I know. Ted Lasso, the flight attendant, and the Kaminsky method. Everyone should just go home. Ted Lasso's going to win this yeah, thing, yeah, because it's the antidote to whatever is ailing the culture right now. Yeah, it's got such a good heart. It's one of the shocking moments I think in recent uh, streaming or any type of entertainment history where this character who was created for NBC commercials like five or six years ago, Ted Lasso, this former American football coach who goes overseas to coach soccer and knows nothing about it, has been turned into such a great series. And you mentioned this is for season one. Season two is now out there and they do week by week. They don't they don't give you the whole thing, but I was lucky enough, of course, to see the whole season two. And I will say that it lives up 
to season one, there is a Christmas episode that will go down right there with like Charlie Brown or the Best Friends Christmas oh, wow. episodes. It's something you're going to watch every year. All I'll say is it kind of it's it, it's a play on love, actually, and I'll, that's all I'll say about that. Okay. And Jason Sudeikis undoubtedly yes. will win for this. He's he's won uh, in, in other awards, the Golden Globes, and other you know places. He's he's been uh, well feted for his role as Ted Lasso. But this is a very special show if you have not seen it. And I know there's a lot of people like, I don't want to watch a show about soccer. What do I yeah. care about soccer yeah. for? Yeah. Well, it's really not about soccer. You know, you, you get a little bit of an understanding of what what international soccer looks like, yeah. you know, and especially Premier League soccer looks like in England or football, as they call it, of course. But this is such a beautiful story about a guy who's just <laughs> so, so positive, and he and he's not naive. He's not one of these guys who's like uh, he's not seen bad things and doesn't understand. He's just decided he's going to go with the positive, and that's how he's going to get through life. It reminds me, although it, this is a comedy, although there's some, certainly some dramatic moments, but it reminds me of when Friday Night Lights came out. And there were a lot of people saying, high school football in Texas, do I really want to see a series about that? Yeah. That sounds like a Disney show or something. But it was one of the warmest and smartest and most emotionally yep. involving dramas in television history. Yes, there were foot, there was a football game at the end of every, almost every episode, but it had to do so much more with the family dynamic and racial injustice and brotherhood and families. There's just so much to Friday Night Lights. Ted Lasso, same way I'm with you. Now, I think for the Best Actress category, I would watch for Kaylee Cuoco here mm. from The Flight Attendant. She plays against type here, you know, sort of always played like a frothy kind of sitcom-y yeah, character Theory, yeah. right from Big yeah. Bang Theory. She's wonderful in that. But in this, she plays kind of a half larcenous, lost in this really uh, terrible, uh, it's dark, yeah, dark yeah, yeah. event in her life yeah. that happens. Yeah. And she's a drunk, and she's like a sneaky drunk, and it's a great, great performance. She's wonderful. Her only her only problem is she's going up against Gene Smart. Uh, in Hacks, who's playing a fictional version of Joan Rivers. And that's another show. I mean, Hacks, I don't know if it's the best title for a show because people are like, is that about computer hackers? What's that about? But she's amazing in that. Check that series out as well if you haven't seen it. Right. A.D. Bryant, too, and Shrill. And Love Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, of course. Yeah. And Allison Janney. Hell of a lineup. For Mom. That's a tough yeah. one, but I think Kaylee Cuoco pulls it off. All right. So now, in terms of the dramas. Yes. This is, uh, to me, a... This is so hard because television is in its most golden era. Mm -hmm. have, never have we ever had this level of entertainment that's considered to be television entertainment because it's all film-ish, right? It's all like the oh, some absolutely. of the best films ever made have elements that you're seeing now in the best television ever made. And you're seeing you know film directors and writers and actors uh, putting out these shows. You know, it's really kind of funny. Uh, going back just for a second to Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. Ted Lasso is nominated for, uh, you know, best director. And there's like four famous, there's, I think they have three or four nominations just for Ted Lasso in that category for these individual directors, like Zach Braff, for example. Well, you used to see that um, during the heyday of The Office. It would say directed by Harold Ramis all of a sudden. You'd <laughs> yeah. be like, wow, you know, major film directors. Uh, John Favreau would direct an episode. Same thing with some of these shows. A lot of film directors, listen, they everybody still wants to do the $250 million movie, but sometimes there's work to be had between these giant projects and for a lot of directors who are story oriented you'll see david fincher one of the great directors of all time directing television episodes 
So for best drama series, okay. you got Bridgerton, Lovecraft Country, Pose, The Boys, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Mandalorian, and This Is Us. This Is Us. Wow, that's like a network television. It's a rarity, and it's a wonderful show that yeah. people just absolutely love. I think it would have been a hit in any decade, but it sometimes has the feel of one of those appointment viewing shows from the 70s or 80s or 90s. Ah, boy, you know, The Handmaid's Tale was a huge favorite with the critics and the awards, but I feel like it's been rewarded a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mandalorian has such goodwill. I wouldn't be surprised. And then, of course, that like, the damn crown. The damn Royals. <laughs> the crown always gets 127 nominations. Yeah, you know, you know we fought One a war. for every extended cousin. We fought a very, very expensive war, yeah. so we didn't have to worry about the crown. Yeah. And now we all we do is watch stuff about the British on television. I'm going to say the sneak here is Bridgerton because Bridgerton's another one of those examples of a show that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It's such a dark time in world history and human history. And a show like Bridgerton takes you in a different place. And now, this is the other crazy thing about television. It, television can be real. The language can be real. The sex is very real. Mm-hmm. The sex is so real, as a matter of fact, they have to have referees on the set making sure that nothing yeah. ended up somewhere it shouldn't have ended. I don't think they call them referees, but yes, they do. They yeah, have you know what I mean. There. Yeah. That's yeah. holding. That's yeah. holding. Oh, jeez. Illegal use of hands. Uh, so, yeah, okay, so you're saying Bridgerton. I, I think actually the Mandalorian's going to win. But, you know, there's another thing with the Emmys. You know, back in the day, it was always five nominees. Now you have eight or nine. It's kind of cool because, again, everybody gets to say I was nominated for an Emmy, but it also means it kind of splits the vote and leads to upsets. So it could be one of the other entries as well. So it's coming up on Sunday. Yes, CBS. Cedric the Entertainer is the host. I can't believe they got a host. How well, dare he you know, try to host? What I like about Cedric is he tells you, <laughs> With his business card, what do you do? I'm Cedric the Entertainer. I love him. I I, I think he's just you know he's he was with the the original Kings of Comedy and yeah. that whole group and yeah. everything. He's been doing it for a long time and yeah, I think it's kind of cool to have an old school talented veteran comic go out there because Cedric probably don't give a shit if he gets canceled and I don't think he will. I no. think he'll do fine. You know, yeah. and I mean canceled in terms of social. You know, saying something that he shouldn't say and I you know yeah, so I think, I think yeah they actually have a host. Maybe maybe he can save the whole job of being a host. Because yeah. it's tough to be a host. You can't even be a host in a restaurant anymore. I mean, there's just there's That's nothing true. Someone's left. Someone's going to yell at you. Right. It's just the word host. It's over. Coming up in the next podcast, the return of televised football in live audience stadiums. It's great to see it back. And there's some tricks to the trade that they've added for this season. Yeah. That I think you're all going to be looking for after we talk about them in the next podcast that's coming your way. Roan Rover Podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. And remember, Screen Time is available wherever you can get podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Amazon or, of course, Apple Podcasts. Please download, please subscribe, and tell your friends we appreciate it. And we'll be back talking about the return of football and also for the first time in a while we got some new recommendations about what you should watch and a few red lights stay away stop go away turn that way don't watch that we'll see you next time